0: Hi friends and welcome to the Daily Bible Project Podcast. Now if today is the first time that you've dropped in to join us, then why not consider going right back to the beginning and working through the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse on this amazing journey together. Today we're in the tail end of chapter 19 and the story of Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot and his situation, and we pick up the story after they flee the city. Now you will remember that last time we saw that God stepped in and destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah with fire and brimstone and we witnessed Lot and his family fleeing. Now I wish that was the end of the story but for Lot and his family things are going to degenerate even further and to be frank with you it degenerates into an almost unimaginable sin. So let's look together and I'll just read from verses 30 to 32 of chapter 19 where it tells us this. Lot and his two daughters left Zor and settled in the mountains, for he was afraid to stay in Zor. He and his two daughters lived in a cave. One day the older daughter said to the younger daughter, Our father is old, and there is no man around here to give us children. As is the custom all over the earth, let's get our father to drink wine and then sleep with him and preserve our family line through our father. So Lot didn't have any sons, remember, he just had these daughters, and the daughters together, they're hatching a plan. Interestingly, Lot has ended up in the mountains and has not stayed in Zohar, even though that's the place he persuaded the Lord to let him flee to. So let's hear what plan the daughters are hatching or how they intend to do and what happens here. Picking up again in verse 33, it tells us, that night, They got their father to drink wine, and the older daughter went in and slept with him. He was not aware of it when she lay down or when she got up. The next day, the older daughter said to the younger, last night I slept with my father. Let's get him to drink wine again tonight, and you go in and sleep with him so we can preserve our family line through our father. So they got their father to drink wine that night also, And the younger daughter went in and slept with him again. Again, he was not aware of it when she lay down or when she got up. So both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their father. The older daughter had a son and she named him Moab. He is the father of the Moabites today. The younger daughter also had a son and she named him Ben-Amin. And he is the father of the Ammonites today. Wow. You know what? when you leave God out of things, even if you know the Lord, there's no end, no thinking where things can end up for you. And this is a historic illustration of that point. Interestingly, that both of these daughters become pregnant and had sons that become ancestors and nations. These sons were the progenitors of the Moabites and the Ammonites, and that's the point at which the story ends. Now, it's important to recognize that these family lines are never mentioned again in the book of Genesis, except to point out that they end up in a war with Israel. We will also, later in the Bible, find out that the Moabites and the Ammonites will eventually be the ones who seduce the nation of Israel by introducing them to the horror of Baal worship, thereby introducing Israel not only to unbelievable religious practice but unbelievable religious perversions. I'll lead you to do the research on that yourselves. So the Moabites and the Ammonites they pass through the wilderness and they get into the promised land and things only get restored for them a hundred years later. We will see by Jeremiah chapter 48 that the Moabites and the Ammonites also mingled with the descendants of Ishmael, that's the Arab nations, and they settle in what is today called modern Jordan. But they take no part in the narrative salvation history of Israel from here on in. So again, this demonstrates the danger of worldliness, of living without God in your decision-making in the life of not only people who don't believe, but importantly, in the life of believers. Lot lost his wife, but he also lost his spiritual life and ended up with two daughters pregnant by him. Now, I started this section when we opened up chapter 19 by suggesting that living in the world can be a dangerous place spiritually. And we have come to see how that by leaving God out of your life, that can lead you into all sorts of problems. So to sum it up, in the story we see here that God delivered Lot from Sodom just before he judged that city. But it is clear that Sodom's influence carried on through Lot's family. That's the point. The danger of living in the world is that you become so worldly that you don't recognize the decision-making that you make and how it might not only lead to physical death, but to spiritual death, not only for you, but, of course, your ongoing offspring. Remember way back in Genesis 13, verse 10, in fact, Lot chose to go, it said, and live near Sodom after he was given the first choice of where to live by Abraham in that story when they separated. But in verse 1 of the next chapter, he had moved his tent to the edge of the city. It actually tells us that he pitched his tent facing the city, and by verse 12, we see him sat, At the gate of the city. By Genesis 19 he is now one of the judges in the city and probably had an important role in administration and possibly even the leadership of that city. But later on God in his grace allows him an opportunity to flee as the city of Sodom's destruction looms. However by the end of the chapter he's ended up living with his daughters in a cave. Now, Lot already knew what sort of a place Sodom was. You know, we'd ample evidence of that demonstrated when the men, all the men of the town, it says, were revealed as little more than murderous rapists. Yet he and his family still were seen to hesitate to leave the place when the destruction of God loomed. So I suppose, I guess, one of the things this story requires all of us to ask ourselves is, is there a place that is so bad in our life that we should leave it? Then surely this is telling us to leave immediately because there's no time to waste. Don't have any nostalgia for catastrophic situations. When you look at a bad situation and when you're sure that God doesn't mean you to be in that situation, then the recommendation of scripture is to wash the dust off your feet. And very importantly, this story tells us don't look back. That's a very firm lesson being offered here. The idea of the necessity for immediate action is often echoed throughout the New Testament. There are some harsh words that Jesus used to try and get this point over to people. There's a situation in Matthew 8 where Christ is suggesting a multitude and asking people to follow him. And I'll just read for you, another disciple said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Now that on the surface seems like a perfectly reasonable request, doesn't it? But Jesus' answer is, Jesus said unto him, follow me and let the dead bury the dead. Now what that suggests to me, there are sometimes no excuses whatsoever for not getting up and getting out. People are prone to use dysfunctional situations as an excuse for not doing what God has told them to do. Reasons will always pile up day after day to not do what you should do. People often feel they can put things off indefinitely because the demands of the day will allow them to do that. But these stories say that when you leave something terrible behind, and I'm talking about terrible situations here, not situations that you can with grace work through, but some situations are beyond that, broken beyond that, and are demonstrably wrong or even evil. So when you leave those terrible situations behind, friends, don't even look back. There should be no nostalgia for a destructive or sinful past. This is about letting go part of yourselves. It's about letting the dead parts of yourself go. There's no excuse for not getting out of a situation where you have no hope of getting to where God wants you to be. And I believe Genesis chapter 19 illustrates how far it is possible to depart from God's will in your life, particularly if you continue to make worldly decisions. But what if you do make that decision? Is there a way back? Well, friends, I'd like to share that there is, and we'll find out more about that in the next episode. Thanks for joining me, and I'll see you back here again very soon, I trust, on the Daily Audio Bible Project. Bye-bye for now.